welcome adventurer to the Level Up Board Game Podcast, a show that uses your experiences and opinions to discuss board games and the gaming community. Join the heroes as they conquer perils such as meeples, cards, and miniatures, all in an effort to level up. You're listening to the Level Up Board Game Podcast. Hey, adventurers, welcome to episode 38, a special side quest episode on this Thanksgiving Day. My name's Patrick. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I just had some turkey. This is King Scott here. <laughs> oh, adventurers, thank you for joining us, and we hope that you're having a fantastic Thanksgiving if you're listening to us on the release date. Otherwise, we hope you're listening shortly thereafter because today we have Jamie Stegmeyer joining the party to talk all about the upcoming arts and architecture expansion for Tapestry, a game that, Scott, we reviewed this when we were uh, a wee young baby podcast. And this is definitely one of those times whenever you can add this to your whole list of things you're thankful for for Thanksgiving dinner. Whenever everyone goes around the table and says, what are you thankful for? I know that I'm going to get a lot of strange looks whenever I say, I'm thankful to be part of a podcast. And I got to talk to Jamie Stegmeyer. I thought you were going to tell the adventurers to be thankful that they got to listen to us today. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's definitely been an amazing journey here so far. I know with our one year coming up soon, I'm looking forward to looking back at it. And it's it's truly been a fantastic trip. Being able to talk to Jamie is just one of those benefits that we've considered to be one of the special gifts of this podcast. Oh, yeah. And what a way to uh, to close out this being the this side quest of the penultimate episode of season one. Next week, we'll do some of the wrap up. But Scott, today, I wanted to talk a little bit about expansions, board game yes, expansions. Yes. Okay, so you got your base game. That's your turkey. That's your uh, your ham, your mashed potato. My wife's family right, does. Right. They always cook a ham on Thanksgiving along with their turkey. I just yeah, we just do the turkey. That's it. Same here. I think I thought it was kind of odd, but they they have ham with theirs. Whatever expansions, kind of like the uh, the trimmings, the side dishes to a mm-hmm. base game, and we run into all different kinds of expansions out there. It, sometimes it's uh, it's adding more stuff to a game. It could be adding gameplay or different modules to it. Yeah. You know what? I talked last episode about uh, Carson City and all the little modules right. that came in that big box. Uh, Camel. Camel Up. Camel Cup. Camel Up. <laughs> that one's oh, got God. the uh, the Super Cup expansion. That one's got modules as well. I, I always, always love that. I like it when an expansion fundamentally changes a base game whenever it skews the mechanics a bit and forces you to play things a little bit differently. And I think back to uh, some of the Catan expansions, how it went from a a simple one mechanic game, whoa, this changes everything. Carcassonne, adding in an expansion or two sometimes just totally changes the way you have to play the game. Uh, And I do love that. I mean, another thing going back with the Catan thing, I think a good majority of people, the first time that they've been addressed with this type of expansion, adding new players to the game. That was one of the big things there, getting the five and six player expansion for Catan. That was a big thing there. I just want to point out that that confused the hell out of because you needed the five to six player expansion. But then if you also got, say, uh, I don't know, Cities and Knights, the Cities and Knights expansion was good for one to four players. But if you wanted to play with six and you had, you would need the base game and cities and knights and then the base five to six player extension and then the cities and knights five to six player extension. I, I remember seeing the, 
cities and nights for like 10 bucks. I was like, holy crap, that's a steal. And then I realized, oh no, this is for a fifth and sixth player to add to your cities and nights, to add to your base game that already has added to it your fifth and sixth player extension. Mm -hmm. Nope, walking away. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, what is your favorite side dish on the Thanksgiving table? Favorite side dish in this one here, I know I'm going to get weird looks from just about everyone, but my absolute favorite side dish is something we call stuffing balls. Yep. Weird looks. And what they are is basically my parents, their parents actually would do this. They would take stuffing and they would roll it up in a ball. Like and a meatball. Yeah. <laughs> and they would bake it and get it kind of crusty and everything so it wasn't all wet. And they would give it to kids to eat whenever they're like little babies to eat on their trays. Because then it's not all messy. They can hold on to it. It was easy for them to eat. But let me tell you what. That crispiness of the stuffing on the outside smeared with some gravy on top, Mm. it's amazing. Oh, yes, sir. You know what? My wife has always made something very similar, stuffing muffins. Ah, there you go. Same concept, just in a muffin pan. How about sweet potatoes? That's my favorite. I can take them or leave them. But, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm one of those people. I mean, I got the turkey, the stuffing, the potatoes, smothered in gravy. I'm good to go. And then- It's time for a nap. Scott, what makes a good expansion? When we're getting a game to the table, okay, scenario time. I have played Nemesis now something like nine times. You know, I got the whole, you know, the whole hog Kickstarter. I got the Nemesis gameplay all in and I got lockdown coming on the way, hopefully early next year, knock on wood. Nemesis came with like four different expansions, the Carnomorphs, Aftermath expansion. It's got all these extra boxes and I have yet to incorporate one of them because I am loving the base game. But I do follow some of the uh, posts that you find on Board Game Geek about, oh, what's the good expansion? Do I go with the Carnomorphs expansion? What should I be adding to it? What makes a good expansion for you? What What's a game that you say, you know what, this is an expansion that I love. Or you don't even have to name it. Let's, let's backtrack a little bit. What are you looking for in an expansion? Is it that the base game is lacking something or... or is is it that an expansion gives you more? Like, do you like seeing more components, more content, more cards, etc.? Or do you want to change what may have become stale? Give me some of your thoughts on board game expansions. Well, actually, I have a couple different ideas on that. Because, first of all, I like expansions whenever they come out to give a little bit of a, a like blowing the dust off an old favorite game. Mm-hmm. You can you can play a game over and over and over, and then it just gets to the point of, all right, I'll play it. I love when expansions come out and just give it like go around, change the spark plugs, kick the tires, make sure everything's good to go, and let's make it more acceptable. Mm-hmm. Prelude for Terraforming Mars was a big one. Yes. Where you just added more corporations, a few more cards, That was a great one there. I mean, it was a great time to add on to it, but it wasn't something that drastically changed the game. Another one that comes to mind is for Merlin, the Arthur expansion. Oh, you love that expansion. Oh, yeah. I I can't even imagine playing Merlin without Arthur because playing Merlin alone, I mean, yes, you have Merlin going around the rondelle in the middle. Sans But Arthur going the second way, I mean, that just really opens it up. And I mean, if you get the right dice that you need for certain things, you are going to just bounce one move off of another, off of another. And it's just a fantastic feeling whenever you have that line up like that. So that adds so, a bit of complexity that. to the game, a little bit of a, a, an added depth. 
I don't know if it really adds more depth to it, but it adds that little bit of luck that isn't really seen in the the original Merlin game. Mm -hmm. Whenever you see this and you add up Arthur and you get those things lined up, it's like, that's a cool thing. But I don't know if it really makes it that drastically harder. Understandable. And I think I might be mistaking here your idea of depth, where depth gives you more options instead of depth makes it more complicated to play. Well, I I misled you because I said, oh, that makes the game more complex. Complexity and depth are certainly two different things. Uh, but I, I felt with Merlin, now I only ever played it with the expansion. I've only ever played it with you. But I can't mm-hmm. imagine removing that expansion because it's almost like, no. man, this game's got some good meat on the bones. You take that away and it's like, Oh, I'm not getting my full experience. Now, granted, I played it with the expansion first. If I played mm. it first without, I'd be like, hey, this is a good game with good meat on the bones. And then Arthur might just blow my mind. Sorry, I spoiled you the first time out. I apologize. <laughs> you know, I've since bought a copy of Merlin and I, I've not gotten it to the table. A, because I'm gaming with you all the time. And B, because it doesn't have that expansion. What's an expansion that sticks out in your mind? What do you look for in an expansion? I guess what I look for if I'm expanding on a game, typically if a game's getting old to me or if it's starting to get stale, I got to really love that game to want to expand on it more. There's two scenarios. The game is getting stale. I've played it a billion times or I've played it twice and I love it so much that I want more, more, more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think for me, right. Terraforming Mars did that. And you already brought up Prelude, but you know the Venus expansion, Turmoil, etc. All of those I, I got because I like Terraforming Mars so much. It never did get stale. That deck's so big, right. you don't run through it oh after gosh, three plays. Yes. But I was like, oh, I want even more cards in this deck. I want even more cards in this deck. And the corporations, I want a giant stack of 200 of them. Being uh, uh, hyperbolic here, but you know what I mean? More is better for something like Terraforming Mars. It increases that variability through the ages. And that's one that I brought up last episode is one that I've played way too much. But they added the uh, Leaders and Wonders expansion. And it's definitely a more of the same expansion. But it did add uh, some leaders and some wonders that you could combo together with each other or with uh, already existing cards in the base game to kind of kind of unlock new strategies. And I really love when an expansion takes what you know about a game and it lets you, we'll say, uh, uh, use that experience, use what you already know, your familiarity, it lets you lean on that a bit to to do well in the game, but then it hits you with those, but wait moments. You know, you flip over, <laughs> oh, wait, I can do this now. What if I combine that? I'll also throw out, uh, I already mentioned Camel Up Super Cup. It's mm-hmm. got so many modules and the, the base game is so good, but so straightforward that right, being right, able to yeah. add in a module or two or three, uh, I think makes the game potentially a lot more robust. You, you can, depending on how many modules you want to include. Scott, we could talk all day about expansions. And you know what? I think maybe this is one that calls for a poll, trying to maybe collect some thoughts. I'd like to know oh, yeah. what are gamers' thoughts on different kinds of, ex- you know, can we make a like a list of here's the different types of expansions, more stuff, fundamental gameplay change, player count differentiation. It'd be kind of neat to categorize that all a little bit and maybe start putting games into each of those boxes. But Oh, yeah, that would be a wonderful idea. Well, we got to call it for right now because we've got Jamie Stegmeyer waiting for us. We're going to chat a little bit about the upcoming Arts and Architecture expansion. You excited? I'll do my best not to embarrass you. 
Sometimes in our adventures and quests, we happen upon legendary figures, those whose status is mythic in this wonderful hobby. As a show, we like to think our party is up to level three or possibly four by now. But today, today, we're joined by a level 80 legend. You know him as the designer of scythe, viticulture, tapestry, and so many more. Today, we have the pleasure of welcoming Mr. Jamie Stegmeyer to join the adventure. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. That's a very nice introduction, and I did not know that I was level eighty, so I I can At write that least down. Level eighty, yeah, be official, it, yeah. <laughs> am I seeing a cat in the background? You are. I I've, I saw a cat in one of your backgrounds a second ago, and and, uh, and Biddy, this is a little Biddy joining us for the podcast today. Wonderful. We're all, uh, we're all druids, apparently. Our our <laughs> yeah. shit is like uh, an RPG. We're leveling up uh, as, we, uh, as uh-huh. we continue in this wonderful hobby. So we have arts and architecture coming out, an expansion, yes. the second one for tapestry. Oh, and you, you got to rub it in, showing us the box. <laughs> yeah, I've been announcing it over the last couple of weeks, kind of doing the, the thing that I usually do where I reveal what's in it over the course of seven to 10 days. And then we do the pre-order a few weeks later. We're doing that mm-hmm. on December 1st, and then we'll ship it. Starting probably that day or the next day after that. Yeah, there's. Uh, I've been keeping keeping my eyes on it, and uh, one of my friends uh, he initially turned me on to it. He said, "You have got to look into this." Uh, I introduced him to Tapestry after we reviewed it on the show, and uh, he went out, got himself a copy. We do meetups for the for the show in the Pittsburgh area, and I think in the three that we've had to this point, Tapestry's been there every time. Mm-hmm. So it is yes, it a has. level up favorite. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Now, Jamie. It has become, actually, first of all, is it our Jamie or is it Mr. Stegmeyer? Oh, I prefer Jamie. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure here. I mean, this is a big moment for us. We uh, prefer Mr. Walton and Mr. Hepner. So if you could call okay. us that, that'd okay. be great. Absolutely. <laughs> but Jamie, um, it's become somewhat well-known in the community that you have taken upon somewhat of a mentor role, seeming to seek out budding designers, spilling the beans about how to go about launching and Kickstarter projects, and even developing fan-made materials for the, your games into bonafide official printed material from My Little Scythe up to now yep. Arts and Architecture. We wanted yeah. to give you a chance to talk about where the expansion idea initially came from. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying it that way because I'll, oftentimes when I design a core game or if I work on the core game at Stonemaier Games, I put what I think are all of the good ideas, everything that works into the core game. And I'm left without anything with rare exceptions to design future expansions. And so I love when I see a fan like Mike Young, Mike Young was a fan of Tapestry when he found that he loved the game uh, to the point that he wanted to design something of his own to, to add to the game. And he kind of put it out there on Board Game Geek. He just shared these files that he had created and tested a little bit. And I happened to see what he what he put out there. I, I see a lot of this fan type content. Sometimes it's just an idea that someone has. Sometimes they've mm-hmm. actually put some work into it. Uh, there's a mix and a variety and a, a spectrum of ideas that go out on, on Board Game Geek yeah. and on, on our Facebook groups. But this was a really cool idea involving this new fifth track that he wanted to add to the game, the arts track. And I just thought it was really cool. So I reached out to Mike and uh, asked him if he wanted to work on an expansion together. 
Now, you two had the opportunity to to work together to create this. Uh, I was reading through some of the things that Mike had to say about it, and I understand that there were some some changes in the in the process. What what got yeah. added? What got uh, not necessarily removed, but what kind of changes were made to what Mike had initially created? One of the biggest thing, well, so there were like little tweaks to the art track itself, little tweaks to how the masterpiece cards worked. That's one of the benefits you can get um, from mm-hmm. the art track. Um, the inspiration, t- there are these inspiration tiles that you can get that can upcom- that can upgrade your income tracks and those changes. Yeah, they actually slide yeah. underneath. Yeah, that's now, completely Mike's idea. And I don't think those even changed all that much, like very, very small changes. Mm-hmm. Balancing issues, I would guess, mostly like, oh, you shouldn't get this big trigger here. It should be bumped back, that sort of. I guess you have yeah. the opportunity of being able to call upon legions of play testers to you know, run this through the ringer to make sure everything yeah. works. I, I would assume that's the biggest step whenever you take a fan-made material like that and try and turn it into a, an official expansion. Yeah, there, there's a lot of playtesting that goes into it, especially with a game like Tapestry, where there's a lot of asymmetry in the game and a lot of moving parts. Just the, mm-hmm. there are probably a, a near infinite combinations of civilizations and capital cities now and tapestry cards and tech cards. So many different things can happen that can come out at different times in the game or just where you might advance on one track in particular and not focus on other tracks and just the different timing of when you might trigger some of those more powerful benefits. Yeah, we had to, we had to test it quite a bit to make sure that players had moments where they felt really powerful, but where it wasn't so powerful that you could always try to do one certain thing and, and always win. Sure, sure. Yeah. We like to describe that sort of game as, uh, and now it's, I understand that a sandbox game is its <laughs> own thing, but I always like to say, you know, the, the, when the objective is the same, it's kind of like, well, you're tossed back into the same sandbox, but you have some different toys to play with. And Tapestry is a game that you can't be dealt the same toys from one game to the next. Just it's the probability makes it yeah. virtually impossible for that to happen. And I think that helps it come back to the table. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's variability and replayability. Yeah. Yeah. The thing with that, we always have a good time with one of our things that we joke about whenever we play a game is how many damn it moments there are in a game. <laughs> whenever you're sitting there and you're playing it, someone takes a move and you're like, damn it. But with this, there are st- still the king of that. <laughs> <laughs> there is still so much you can do where you have your eye on this, is what I want to do. But there are 17 other ways that you can go in and expand. It's just such a remarkable thing. I mean, my head hurts thinking about what the Venn diagram looked like probably making this game. <laughs> yeah, it's such an impressive design. Well, thank you. I would say, I'm curious what you would say the biggest damn it moment is in this game. My, my guess would be that people most often say that when someone is able to push ahead on an advancement track and grab Absolutely. one of those big landmarks yes. that they were hoping Take to get. Take your space shuttle before you get there. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and you're busy yeah. doing another track and then you're thinking, oh, jamie we reviewed tapestry quite favorably way back in our second episode and it's become a favorite being an appearance at all of our meetups at this point my friend jimmy instantly bought a copy after hearing our episode bottom line level up loves tapestry now we got to explore plans and ploys a bit but now we have this expansion adding yet more to the game now you already discussed a little bit what with the masterpieces um, and the new track that's the big primary addition here what can adventurers expect when they incorporate arts and architecture into their copy of tapestry give us an idea of some of the new things that we're going to find in that box well i'd say there are two levels of it so there's the one level there's the type of person who likes just to shuffle in new stuff into their expansion and they can get that out of this expansion they can shuffle in the new tapestry cards their new tech cards, 
the main new thing that we show on tapestry and tech cards in this game is they give you another place to put buildings and landmarks. So they give you kind of a choice when you gain a building. Do you want to put it in your capital city or do you want to trigger a powerful benefit on this card? Ah. Um, and in the new stuff, then a lot of it is around this arts track. So if you want to add a little extra layer of com- complexity, and particularly at higher player counts, it's really nice. If you have five players in particular, now there are five tracks. So each player could essentially pursue their own track. It was always kind of awkward. Yeah. 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 But so you know what? That made the science right? track that much more value. Like whoever did yeah. the science track could roll the die and potentially keep up on multiples. Yeah. I, I often do that myself. I go after that science track. I'm an interrupter. Um, <laughs> uh, please continue. <laughs> well, the last thing, well, the, there are a bunch of new landmark buildings in here. So you guys play plans and plans employees. You know that there there's the landmark card system, mm-hmm. these little goals that you can get where you can definitely get your own landmark. And then probably one of my favorite features of the expansion are these new, are there new sieves too? You can shuffle those in. But they're these new capital city mats. Yes. Um, they're advanced capital cities. So you get your standard capital city that determines what your default is and where you start on the board. And then you're dealt uh, an advanced capital city. And these have, I would say, a more variable puzzle than the original capital cities. They each have yes, their yes. own little set of rules that are printed. Like, they're not too complicated. They're just printed on the on the capital city itself. There's the cavern, the cloud city, the mesa, the archipelago, the swamp, and uh, the, the canyon I almost missed. And those, I think, are really, really fun. Like, that's like... If someone isn't ready to add the arts track, I would definitely say to add those in and give those a try. Just as an example, one of them, and you can tell me which one because it's escaping me. It forces you rather than to be able to place wherever you want, you have to go uh, from the top to the bottom. And rather than scoring rows and columns, as you'll be making rows, you're only going to be scoring your rows, but you'll get double for them. That's the canyon, isn't it? Uh, It's the cavern. Yeah, the cavern. You have to get. I just saw the letter C. I was like, oh, it's a whole. Okay, perfect. Uh, It does add a little element. I thought, man, you know what? If you're teaching this to someone, you can make it just that much more challenging for yourself while giving them one of the base game capital mats. I just love yeah. that idea. Yeah, that was, again, that was Mike's idea. I helped him tweak it and, and hone it over time. But yeah, I, I love those capital city mats. Yeah, so we noticed the buildings in this and they look somewhat recognizable. I know from my background working at a Renaissance festival, I want the castle. What's the background to all the new stuff? That's oh, it. You have to know what they are. Scott, you saw the castle. Didn't you see the other ones? I, I saw a okay. couple of them. There's a clock tower. There's a pumpkin house. <laughs> there's a bird watching, not a nest, but, you know, like a hunter's stand up in a tree. There's a wine cellar. <laughs> They're all paying homage to Stonemeyer Games. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to have to trim the hell out of that. I thought, wait, he's not connecting the dots. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Pumpkin House is Charterstone, right? Yeah, that's the one that people, oh, I, I think okay. people don't get this one as much. Uh, the Opera House is is a is a pumpkin house from from Charterstone. Yeah. From Charterstone, I, I couldn't connect the dots. And I thought, wait, pumpkins were a resource in in uh, Charterstone. Fantastic! Yeah. I I love that. Yeah, we like to do little <laughs> Easter eggs in our games uh, <laughs> that kind of point at other games. That each of our games are in a different universe. Like they, they don't have a shared universe, but I, I like the little Easter eggs and little hints. Like we, my cats appear in my games. Uh, usually the St. Louis, uh, the the arch that you mentioned that that appears in our games at times, things like that. Can the arch be found on the scythe uh, amongst the Easter eggs in the scythe map? Really? I, yeah. Scott, I was at Jimmy's and he had some friends over. They, 
Jamie, they bought everything. Like you could market beer cozies for Scythe and <laughs> you know tire irons for Scythe, and they will have it. And amongst the things they had, the, the tiles that all, the, all the, I was like, you guys know there's like a xenomorph on here somewhere. And I hadn't ever looked through and actually picked them all out. But our game of Scythe took an extra hour because we were all going, well, oh, there's Pac-Man. <laughs> there's Santa I think E.T. or something. Was, there's all kinds of great, great little treats in there. So I think uh, we... We gamers appreciate that as well. I'm glad you found a lot of those. The arch, actually, you won't find on the board. It's on one of the factory cards. And my cats appear on an encounter card that kind of has a festival on it. They're almost covered up by the text, but they're barely on there. What do we get if we can find them? It's public information. You'll get a sense of pride and and enjoyment. (laughs) They're pretty obvious if you see it. Go back to the old Marvel Comics days. You get a no prize. Yeah. (laughs) I love that the Sims have had some balancing through the use of pregame benefits and hindrances to even things out. With that, there has been a call for some new Civ cards that outline these alterations. Now, you've expressed that you want to wait until you're certain the game is finished and complete, so we're probably asking way too early, but does this expansion complete the tapestry picture? So my... um my 100% honest answer, uh, usually I don't give spoilers, but I can say this very very clearly, I think, that it depends on how this expansion sells. So if this expansion sells well, um, we have brainstormed some ideas for what would be a third and probably final expansion at that point to kind of end a trilogy of expansions like we did with Scythe. If it does not sell as well as we're hoping, like I, I think it'll do well. It, it's hard to tell at this point. And the pre-order is only a few weeks away, so we, we might as well just wait until then and, mm-hmm. and see. Right. If at this point we're appealing to like a very small number of Tapestry fans and we can make them happy, that's awesome. But we probably won't continue with it. And if that happens, we'll wait. You know, we'll, we'll collect data. We'll continue to look at that data. And then maybe halfway through next year, we'll print some revised sieves and publish those out and close out the, the, the Tapestry story. But if not, there is one more idea that we have, and that could be a third expansion. And then the same process would happen with that. We'd put it out there. We'd play test. We'd, and then a few months after that, after we've gathered a good amount of data with that expansion in mind, then we might do the more at, at revise some sieves. Yeah. So Jimmy, you're going to have to buy a big box somewhere <laughs> soon down the road. Tapestry. <laughs> oh my! Well, you said that uh, pre-orders are up beginning December first, correct? December first. Yeah. Okay, and then this uh, when's when's our retail release? I read something you were saying that you know the folks that do the pre-order, we're going to try and get it to them by Christmas. Yeah, we've been told by fulfillment centers that if you pre-order on December 1st, that that is the last day they can guarantee that you'll get it by Christmas. I think shipping is going to be pretty crazy this year. That's a lot of time, but that's what we've been told. And so the retail release date will be after that. It'll be in January. Shipping's not going to be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Silly me. What am I thinking? Yeah. Jimmy, now I understand that you have a, a solo mode that's been developed for... Now, there was solo for regular tapestry, but the expansion obviously is going to have to, in some way, alter that to accommodate for a fifth track. Uh, what do we have going on with the solo mode? Yeah, you said that perfectly there. I, they needed to, to address well. that fifth track with the solo <laughs> mode. And uh, yeah, so the I just wanted to, to mention that this expansion is still built for the full one to five player count, including the robust solo mode playing off the original solo mode in... Uh, in tapestry and, and plans and ploys. Uh, well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we, we've got to 
respect your time here. Mm-hmm. But before we let you go, we don't let any game designers, publishers, etc. guests on Level Up always get the chance to they themselves level up. Now, you're already level 80, so this shouldn't be too tough. Yeah. This requires one thing. Scott, do you have a stopwatch ready? I most certainly do. Okay, Jamie, I want the first answer that comes to your mind. Uh, you're on the clock. There's right and wrong. Stakes are high. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Scott, tell us when. All right, and go. What is your personal favorite sieve to play with? I like the, oh, I'm going to blank on the name right now. It is the, uh, the. Uh, it's not the Heralds. It's the one that predict, that they act like they predict the future. The Futurist? The, the, no, it's not the Futurist. I'll say it's the Heralds because I think they're the the Heralds. I'm, I've already watched this whole thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start. Can you name a player down. on the Pittsburgh Pirates? McCutcheon used to play okay. for the Pirates, but I think he got traded, didn't he? I'll say yeah. McC- he was my favorite player on the Pirates when he was there. <laughs> Can you drive a stick shift? No. He Man or Ninja Turtles? Ninja Turtles. If you're watching a movie with a character named White Goodman leading his team of purple cobras, what movie are you watching? Pass. How do you hang a <laughs> roll of toilet paper with the flap of paper hanging over or under? Uh, away from the wall, closer to me. Yeah. If the futurists got into a barroom brawl with Clan Albion, who would win? Oh, I, I'll say Al- Albion. I'll go with Clan Albion. What song can you karaoke better than anyone else? I am a terrible singer, so probably no no songs at all. <laughs> and time. Hey, not too shabby. Well, I don't know if that was not too shabby. You know, we, Scott, we've been running into this where we want to say, hey, great job. You get the level up. But uh, <laughs> we've had some rocky roads here lately. Yeah, I feel like I leveled down on that one. <laughs> no, no, you're no, no. You're, 79 you're now. there. I need to know great. what the movie is. Oh, White Goodman and the Purple Cobras. Yeah. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That's a uh, dodgeball. The Ben Ben Stiller oh, is like oh, like Goodman. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I you know what I can't name a current Pittsburgh Pirate. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> now, nah, but thank you so much for your time today. We look forward to uh, to to finding out more to to getting the game in our hands, to getting it to our tables, and seeing what's uh, what's down the road for Stomer. We'll be keep our eyes on on the company on on the games you're putting out. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'll uh, I'll email you back and get your um, your address. I'll send you an advanced uh, copy of the expansion. I can get it out the door in a couple of days. So that way you can have it a little bit. You can definitely have it by Christmas then and have it a little early. That's yeah. tremendous. Thank you so very, very much yeah. for that. That is wonderful. My pleasure. Yeah, I'll just reply to, uh, yeah, I, I've got the email here with the, with the link. So I'll just reply to that and get, and get your address. Wow. Well, you want to come back on tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for Scythe for me? <laughs> Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. Boy, I tell you, that was cool. I feel like the show leveled up today. I think it did, and I think I just had a damn it moment in life. (laughs) How's that? All I'm sitting here is thinking is, damn it, I got to go get my own copy of Tapestry now. Oh, I was thinking, damn it, I should have asked him for his number. Yeah. No, but that was absolutely amazing talking with him, talking to people that you just see on YouTube videos or see their name on game boxes, actually getting a face and a voice with that name. It truly is a humbling experience. So thank you so much, Jamie. 
Adventures, you heard the man order it December 1st. That's the last day that the Post has told him that the people receiving it should get it by Christmas. So time is of the essence. And what a better way to celebrate Christmas than to sit down and play your game of tapestry with a brand new expansion. Scott, I've got some whipped cream with a little side of pumpkin pie calling my name. So (laughs) I'm going to go finish that and crash on the couch. I've got my nice little glass here sitting with some very fine scotch waiting for me to take some sips. So I'm ready to relax too. Adventurers, we'll see you next week for the last episode of season one. Thanks so much for joining us on this wonderful day. Thank you, everyone. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for joining this adventure of the Level Up Board Game Podcast. We encourage all adventurers to check out our website at levelupgamepodcast.com. There you can submit your thoughts and audio to be used in a future episode. Please consider rating us on iTunes. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and join the Board Game Geek Guild, Guild 3722. Music for the podcast provided by Adam Haynes. Learn more at adamhainesmusic.com. And remember, you can spend another night on the sofa, or you can get some friends together, get some adventures on the table, and level up.